Computer, initialize Holosuite. Welcome in and welcome back to The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. I am just one of your hosts, Chris Hill, and with me as usual is Kyle West. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing good, uh, man. Like a few recent episodes of uh, of the show, I've come on to record with you right after watching some Criminal Minds. <laughs> and uh, in the last episode, the very last one I watched before hopping on with you, um, our own Dr. Phlox oh. was in it. Uh, John Billingsley, but uh, he was unfortunately playing a paedophile, so um, uh, so he was guilty of he was guilty of two murders in the episode, but not of the main murder. So I guess there's some <laughs> that's something, <laughs> but uh, yes, he was um, well as John Billingsley always is. Uh, he was incredible in his role. It just happened to be that his role was scumbag. Yeah. But also a few days ago, uh, Trip. Was in it? Nice. Uh, playing a, uh, I think he's like a sheriff, so he was a good guy for once. Um, <laughs> and then the very next episode after that, Will Wheaton was playing a murderer. And then in, I think it was season one or two, they had uh, Ethan Phillips, otherwise known as Neelix, playing a murderer. So a lot of Trek people are showing up, uh, but t- generally they are they are criminals. Yeah, the only one that's been good that I can remember anyway uh, is Trip. Which says it all because Trip was just a yeah. a bang up stand up guy. I think there's been more appearances as well. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. And I mean, this would be I want season four, so that would have been about two thousand nine. Okay. So I think I've still got quite a ways to go to see uh, some Trek alumni show up on it. So yeah, I'm gonna say if if uh, you listeners have uh, anybody that you know for sure has been on it, just go ahead and comment on our on our social posts so that way we can be like oh yeah that's right yeah it's a great show as well criminal minds i know it's uh, it was announced by paramount plus as coming back it only got cancelled a year ago but it's coming back for um a 10 part story okay. uh, so I'm, I'm on a mission to complete the show it's 15 seasons i'm only on season five so uh, sorry season four and um but yeah good show i mean it's not for the faint of heart i yeah. I go through spells every couple of years, well, more than that, maybe every five or ten years, I get into the crime shows again, like the stuff from the US, and uh, this one is particularly uh, grim. Like, uh, Katie doesn't really watch it with me, and she loves crime shows, but <laughs> she can't sit there and binge it. She's, yeah. uh, she says, like, I see you watch one episode, and, and I'd have to go, I'd have to take the rest of the night off and just recover from it, <laughs> whereas I'll sit there and watch... Which, well, I watched three uh, before we came on for this recording, and, and um, yeah, it's a bit. Uh, you very often find yourself going, "Oof," yeah. because there's lots of uh, lots of violence towards women on it, and um, and children. Uh, it's obviously all suggestive, but uh, as any show does, like Walking Dead and things, as the more popular they become, the more they try to push their. Uh, the limits of what they can show of like gore and, and or just suggestive things and um and i guess the thing with criminal minds is that you know it's about serial killers 
And yeah. so, and typically, you know, women and children are more likely to be the victims of that. So it's, uh, it does take some, some getting used to, which is why it's nice to watch an episode of Enterprise every week mm-hmm. for this podcast, just to change my, um, nice my mood a little cleanser. bit. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm watching, I'm watching a bit of every track now every week as well uh, for her first track. I mean, um, a little hit, well, a little bit of information, I guess, for anyone who listens to this who does listen to her first track as well. And at the time of recording this, we've only released seven episodes of um, of that podcast, and we're on like the sixth or seventh episode of all the the shows uh, of all the legacy track shows. But we've actually, um, myself and Katie, we've actually finished season one of DS Nine and Voyager on our watches, okay. and we're just about to wrap up TNG season one. And uh, I think we've got four episodes left. Uh, so we're really far ahead. Uh, and because I changed the way we record the show, so it allowed us to binge more. And uh, so, yeah, I've just been watching watching a trek over dinner every day pretty much for the last couple of weeks. So, um, so that's how I break up the serial killers and, and uh, child abductions <laughs> of criminal minds. What about you, Chris? What, what do you watch when you're not watching Trek? Usually, like... Uh, well, one one thing uh, recently, I just finished watching. Uh, CNN actually had a docu series on Abraham Lincoln. I, I I watched that and really enjoyed it. Um, usually, and also usually it's whatever's on uh, Science Channel, like you know, Mysteries of the Abandoned stuff like that. Um, as far as like regular TV shows, Supernatural. Um, I've tried. I've actually tried tried to start watching The Boys with Heather, but Heather saw the first episode, so that's one of those I've got to got to watch on my own. So <laughs> I watched the first um, like one and a half episodes, not because it wasn't good. Uh, yeah. Just I I was watching it on my own again, and I just kept for some reason I just kept falling asleep in the second episode. <laughs> and again, not because it was bad, but I'd be on my own. I'd lay out, mm-hmm. lights off, and I just uh, this was this was back when I was. Um, you know, I think this was even pre-lockdown. You know, so I was working loads and things, and uh, I just, I just kept falling asleep. But the uh, there's a scene you'll know the one uh, in the opening of the first episode, mm-hmm. which has got um, Boimler, yes, our, our very own Boimler, uh, Jack Quaid there, and there's a moment where he loses a loved one, and the the manner that that happens, <laughs> I remember it's... I described it to Katie. And she was like, same as you. It was like, yeah, you'll be watching that one on your own. That is that is gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, I'd say hilarious, but yet at the same time, extremely tragic. Oh, my God. Yes. And also you do think, well, that's probably what would happen with speedsters when you think about it. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we see this on The Flash more often? <laughs> but we're not here to talk about... Um, any of the stuff we've spoken about. No. We're here to talk about Enterprise uh, today. Sorry, it's my fault for veering us off topic. No, that, that that's all right. Gives us probably a little bit more to, to, or, you know, a little less time to, to fill out, you know, there at the tail end, so. Oh, um, so you're, you're one of, like, a select few adults I get to speak to. Yeah. Because, you know, we're in lockdown still in the UK, happened for months now, so apart from saying hello to a parent or two uh, at the school when I drop the kids into school. Uh, I only talk to Katie, really, <laughs> or a couple of my students, but then they're not, um, they're not Eng- they don't speak English as a first language. Yeah. So that's not like a normal conversation for me. So you, you are one of the only other people I speak to in the world right now, which is ironic given it's 
for something where hundreds of people listen to me talk. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't get to hear any, any of you lovely listeners back. So, um, yes. Yeah, so if, if you, you know, have the opportunity to, opportunity to record something, please go ahead and record it and just email it to us at nxo1podcast at gmail.com. We'll pop it, pop it in and you'll get to hear yourself on our podcast as well. Yeah, do that. Definitely. And, you know, speaking of, of, you know, plugging the rest of our stuff here, uh, <laughs> go ahead and give us, you know, the, the five-star rating on your podcatcher of choice, subscribe, uh, leave us, leave us some, some, um, written reviews if, if you feel so inclined. So here you can follow us on social media at NX01podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we also have a Patreon set up. Uh, we have different tiers and stuff like that. Uh, the information follows right now. If you enjoy listening to The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast every week, then please consider supporting our show by becoming a patron. Visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash nx01podcast to view our subscription tiers. Benefits of becoming a patron include earlier access to our episodes, bonus episodes, and much more. Your support helps us continue to maintain and exceed the high level of quality that you have come to expect from this show. To all our existing patrons, we appreciate you and your generosity so much. And to those of you considering joining us, we will be so thankful to welcome you into our group of patrons. Visit www.patreon.com forward slash nx01podcast for more details. You will also be able to find the website link in the details for this podcast episode. So, this week on The Expanse, I think everybody should know which one we're talking about, don't you think? Yeah, they should by now, yeah, absolutely. Assuming they've stuck with us for the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if, if for whatever reason you set your your podcatcher to random we are talking about the augments from season four ending the augment trilogy here which by the way i think they got these episode titles wrong yeah like i i think the augments should have been the title of the first partner yeah 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 it would have made a little bit more sense cold station 12 i mean i mean that one's that one's the good one there yeah, yeah, that's a no-brainer, really. This one, though, you could either say Borderland or the Briar Patch. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Briar Patch that I think was relocated for this episode. Didn't someone? I swear, I think, I've seen a conversation. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, or maybe it was through Discovery. But someone saw a Star Map basically, and they pointed out that the uh, Briar Patch had moved around its location uh, in yeah. in Trek. Um, was the Briar Patch where? Uh, Star Trek Insurrection took place. Yes. Yes. Okay. I thought so. Okay, we'll go ahead and get our summary out of the way here. The episode starts where the last one left off with Archer climbing up the ladder and trying to get to the uh, secondary relays to prevent the pathogens from killing everybody at at Cold Station 12. He's able to isolate the the central lab, winds up sending all the pathogens through the the rest of the air vents and out the the airlock eventually once... uh, once he orders to pull to to fire on on the exterior junction to decompress the the core, so that way he can escape. And then we go back to the uh, stolen bird of prey, and they enter into Klingon space. And uh, this is where 
Malik tells Soong that he's killed everybody, or he killed Archer because Archer attacked him. And then Soong gets really upset and then basically, you know, threatens to, to lock him up in, in the tar pit there on the on the ship if he does it again. Then we kind of cut back to to the Enterprise with T'Pol giving us our, our log. Uh, Archer's in sickbay recovering. And thankfully he did not, you know, contract any of the pathogens that were on their way up with him. Like I said, actually, we'll go ahead and take a little bit of a pause here. With with that scene, how do you, how do you think the uh, the CGI of Archer coming out of the tubing looked? I didn't mind it, man. Like, I, every time I watch this episode... Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that bit to see, you know, is it awful or whatnot. I mean, it, it's clearly not Archer. You can you can see it's it's a CGI figure, but I think I think it's pretty good for um for the time. And mm-hmm. you know, bearing in mind this this was when Enterprise's budget had been slashed considerably. As well. yeah. and, and and when you rewatch season four as well, um, you'll notice that you quite often don't see a lot of the space combat going on outside the ship yeah and they did it really well because obviously they're just trying to not spend money so the bits they did spend money on i thought i thought they looked really effective i i didn't mind it well you asking about that suggests that you weren't as impressed uh by it though um for well when when i watched it a couple days ago i was like okay that that's a bit odd but when i watched it again today i was like well you know that that's all part of its charm you know that that early early two thousands CGI. So. It's an ambitious shot as well. Yeah, for for Trek, I think, and um, uh, I think that yeah, for what they for what they could do then, uh, I thought I thought it was very good. I mean, it would obviously look a million times better mm-hmm. in Star Trek now, uh, but uh, in fact, I think we've seen we've kind of seen similar in yeah. recent tracks anyway, but. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was I was happy with it. I quite liked the continuity going into the the transporter pad though. Yeah, when he was all like iced up and had frost mm-hmm. over him, I thought that was a nice that was a nice touch. Yeah, I wonder how long he was in the makeup chair for that though. <laughs> yeah, I would have just got some like like you know the snow spray that you have at Christmas mm-hmm. for your windows. I would have just got a couple of bottles of that and just said, right, Scott, close your eyes. <laughs> all over, he's done. All right, kind of. Getting back into it, everybody on the Enterprise kind of realizes that the bird of prey is going back into Klingon space. So what they decide to do is, is follow them and disguise their warp signature. And so Trip's able to get that taken care of in in a couple hours. Because I think he had also had to realign the the warp coils a little bit to to get it to to work. Back on the uh, the bird of prey, Soong tells them that he's going to take them to to the Briar Patch. I'm not even going to attempt to call it or, you know, pronounce it in its original Klingon <laughs> at this point. Uh, um, lazy, lazy, well, you lacking know. commitment. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Malik, you know, is impatient. He's just wanting to, you know, attack everybody. Re- really, you know, we could we could call this Malik versus the Alpha Quadrant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, he definitely was like, he's like that. Um, It's like a little dog. You know, just mm-hmm. a little a little dog that's got uh, just little small dog syndrome. Yeah. You know, and it just wants to just wants to attack everyone. It's barking at everyone. And it's just like nipping at your ankles and things. You're like, come on, Malik. Off, off, off you get. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if I get an ankle biter, that's what I'll name him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad name, actually, for a dog. I think yeah. Malik. Yeah. Though, though, personally, when 
when when I get the chance, I'm probably gonna get me a, a black lab and name him Tiberius. <laughs> Good shout. Shit. I'm full, uh... full uh full name is gonna be James Tiberius Bork. <laughs> I think I'm a long way away from uh, ever having another dog, but yeah. I think I will be pushing for uh, a Star Trek related name if ever that does happen. <laughs> but yeah, anyways kind of back back into to our summary here. Malik at this point, you know, has been reading up on, on other things and lets them know that he's that the, the uh, Botany Bay is floating around somewhere. Though Persis thought it was it was just a myth until Balak was like, "No, this is a- this actually happened. We can go find it, and we can actually uncover Khan, Nuni, and Singh." And well, actually, I take that back. It was Soong that was saying it was a myth, but I think Persis was kind of in between, just judging by by the the looks look look on her face. So, um, so yeah, Tucker's got the uh, warp coils realigned and to make him look like a battle cruiser. But it's not going to last if they get if the other ship gets to within eighty thousand kilometers. At that point, you know Archer tells him go to to tactical alert or read alert if you like, and they go or, or they go speeding off at warp four into Klingon territory. I I kind of liked how they did go kind of back and forth between the the ships throughout the the episode. Yeah, there was storylines going on on both that were completely separate to each other almost, don't they? But yeah. were connected by the fact that, you know, Enterprise was trying to track down the Klingon bird of prey. But mm-hmm. yeah, there was stuff going on, uh, storylines between the the characters and the two different ships, yeah, which uh, I thought added a lot, a whole lot to the episode, really. Um, yeah. Particularly Soong, you know, Soong's storyline yeah. Yeah, as a whole. Yeah, we got, we, got, we got to know more, a little bit more about how, how he actually was starting to think now that he'd been in prison, so... But yeah, he was back back on the uh, the bird of prey. Uh, soon decides or tells Malik, you know, we have to go to the briar patch so that way these embryos can be incubated properly. And that he's uh, he also notices that or also is going to be changing the the DNA to kind of restrict a bit of the aggression that that these ones are are uh, are displaying. And Malik doesn't like it because he wants the the aggression and all that, and so this kind of creates even more tension between between the two. The ship Enterprise actually did catch up to the to this bird of prey pretty quickly. They're able to identify it. One of my favorite lines comes up during this one here is when Archer contacts the the bird of prey, and, and before they answer, uh, Soong's like, you know, pretty confident for a dead man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And then, so what they what they decide to do to evade the Enterprise at this particular point is they take the Denoblian pilot and the shuttle they had captured the episode before, put in a gas giant in between two of the thermal layers where it would be safe for about be be safe long enough for them to to mount a rescue. Then then uh, then going on after they uh, or as the Enterprise is you know working the rescue. Soong and the Augments continue to repair the Bird of Prey, and then Malik's working on how to, a way to cloak the, the warp trail so Enterprise can't can't follow them as easily as they did before. And it, the, after he gets done, or after he informs Soong that he's completed this, he lets him know that he beamed up two dozen canisters of biogenic agents that could be turned into bioweapons if you add them to the, some of the torpedoes. 
and Malik is wanting to basically annihilate a Klingon colony to keep Starfleet busy so that way these augments can live in their version of peace. And saying, you know, again, you know, Malik's trying to, or Soong's trying to dissuade Malik from, from this mass genocide, and Malik's not really having any of it. And Malik, we realize that Malik no longer respects or even fears Soong at this point. Back on the Enterprise, they've rescued the Denoblian, and then they, you know, go back to trying to find the the augments on their bird of prey. Then we have a little moment between Trip and T'Pol where they kind of catch up after after a couple episodes where they haven't haven't really talked. But then again, like like Trip was saying, or like that, like they were saying, you know, they didn't really have a chance to. And then so we get go back to to the bird of prey. Malik is talking to Persis, saying that he's going to be taking taking command away from Soong. Persis doesn't want to go along, but winds up going along just to be, just to kind of, you know, save her life, basically. So we go back to the Enterprise. They've been detected by a, a uh, Klingon ship. They have to uh, pretend to be a Klingon battlecruiser transporting Chancellor Marak. So that way the uh, Klingon ship doesn't come closer and board them. Pretty much everybody's surprised that it wound up working. We go back to the Bird of Prey, and Persis is visiting Soong, and it explains why she went along with Malik, because they did go ahead and mutiny after that. But uh, Persis decides to betray Malik, but remain loyal to her father, and gets him into an escape pod, so that way they can, or so that way he can put in put a stop to his run his yeah, runaway children. The uh, Enterprise picks up the pods, automatic automatic distress beacon, and they pull Soong back in. He's taken to the bridge. He and Archer talk a bit, and you know Archer and Soong go go back to you know a nature versus nurture thing, and saying you know that, that the augments were by their nature overly aggressive, and that even one of the the creators of the augments has said that you know superior ability breeds superior ambition and that that creator was ultimately murdered by one of his own creation archer decides to believe soon for the time being and soon starts to help the enterprise crew track the bird of prey but to is concerned that they might be leading them into a trap um, but archer's still kind of still kind of putting his trust in soon at this point it's one of those trust but verify moments that that Archer has. And they get to the colony. Or not to get to the colony. They uh, they travel as fast as they can do or go. And realizing that it might compromise their, their signature. Back on the uh, Bird of Prey. Malik confronts Persis. And we find out. Or he, fi- he finds out for sure that Persis helped Sim escape. This leads to Malik killing Persis. Soong starts working with Trip and T'Pol. T'Pol detects a ship. Uh, it's a Klingon D5 battle cruiser. And because of Enterprise's high warp, the ship is picked up on Enterprise's warp signature. And they recognize that it's it's an Earth vessel. And the Klingons decide that they want to go ahead and board the Enterprise. Archer tries to warn the Klingon captain. 
but the Klingon captain's not having, not not trusting the humans at this point. Soong tries to to be a mediator in, in Klingon. That doesn't work. So in order to escape, Archer orders that the grappling hooks be deployed to the uh, port nacelle of the battle cruiser. They wind up getting tugging off a piece of the nacelle and disabling the ship to be able to continue to the colony. Back uh, or over by the colony, the augments have arrived there. They scan and find three large population centers, and they decide to attack the two in the southern hemisphere to create the ma- the maximal amount of casualties. There there is a problem with the uh, torpedo guidance system, and. Enterprise has appeared on their long-range sensors at this point, complicating matters. Enterprise is unable to stop the actual launch of the bioweapon, but Enterprise is able to destroy the bioweapon before it reaches the atmosphere. Bird of Prey fires back, then they uh, decide, then we have like a quick little battle there, when the ship gets disabled. Malik seems to be the only one left alive. And before the bird of prey explodes, he we find out that he's beamed over to to the Enterprise to try to take Soong. So at that point, Malik is basically ready to. Or once we uh, we see Soong actually get led to crew quarters as opposed to the brig, Malik drops from the ceiling. One of the uh, Makos immediately opens fire, but it does nothing to to Malik. Malik knocks the the Mako and and Archer down and starts to kill Soong for betraying the Augments. But Archer manages to take the the phaser rifle, switch it from stun to kill, and blast a hole right through Malak. Then back on, then then we return to Earth with Soong. He's returned to prison. Archer tells Soong that none of his work has been destroyed, that it's all been, been kept safe. And at this point, Soong's like, you know, maybe perfecting humans isn't the way to go. Let's try cybernetics. And this gets us to TNG, as far as the Soong line goes. For now, anyway, until uh, until we get, like, another Soong in uh, Strange New Worlds or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it's possible that it could be. It still could be Eric, just depending on on what all he's done. Like, they could, you know, get him an old, old, old makeup. He'd have to be super old, though, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, he's, he's done it before. That's <laughs> yeah, true. It's true. All right. So uh, what were some of your uh, initial thoughts on the episode? I thought this episode had a really hard job uh, because the uh, it was the first of the three-parters that they were wrapping up. It's mm-hmm. um, We didn't realize at the time it was sort of um, helping to set up a story for the two-parter with the uh, Klingons later on in the season as well. Yeah. Well, I guess the whole arc was doing that. Um, and then, but I, th- I thought it was good. I thought the, it kind of went the way you would have expected. Okay. And, you know, so I think that uh, Malik uh, killing Persis was, was on the cards, I think, mm-hmm. always going into this, because uh, there was no loyalty from him to her. No. She was, um, as far as he was concerned, I think she was really... Uh, a piece of meat yeah uh, like you know he he only i think only wanted her because, because his predecessor had her yep you know and and he wanted to feel like he was top dog so he wanted to take 
um, his woman, you know, and yeah. because that apparently would give him status. And I think he was he was done with her once she helped lure that guy into a trap. And uh, so I saw that coming. We knew that Malik was going to turn on uh, Doctor Soon. Uh, that was clear from the last episode. Uh, I was a bit surprised actually that he didn't try to uh, kill him on the bird of prey, though. Yeah, as in we never saw that because. Uh, he didn't seem to have any respect for him as a father anymore. And I, they probably could have killed off soon without it damaging any potential plot lines for the, the family name yeah. going forward. Because, you know, soon was an older an older guy. So if he's had, if he had a family, which I don't think he mentioned no. the, uh, an actual proper children, but presumably he'd already had them at this point. Uh, so... Um, you know they could have killed him off and not had any issues there, but I did enjoy the episodes. I thought that um, I thought they were good. I thought there were some good little character moments throughout, mm-hmm. and I I thought yeah I thought it came to a logical conclusion when it was all said and done. Yeah, so yeah, same here with me. I really enjoyed it. It's it's one of those where you can't really say which one's the strongest, which one's the weakest within the trilogy because they all kind of work together to to be you know one cohesive story i guess we'd have to once we get some more arcs under our belt we'll have to see which one was the the best arc Hmm. of of the season and kind of do it that way definitely definitely one of those where it's it's on the the rewatch list for for all three Hmm. so speaking of threes uh what are three of three (laughs) of your favorite moments very good segue there um the Three favorite moments for me. Number one was Archer getting sucked up into space. I like that little rescue mission. I wouldn't have envisioned that, you know, so I, I thought that was quite creative. And um, so, yeah, I appreciated that. Um, second one was, well, I have a few, but I think that, I think the second one was probably the scene between uh, Soong and Archer in the brig. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a, strong scene and then i guess i'll go forward and archer was pretending to be a klingon ship and yeah. was saying that they had the chancellor on board so why would he say i said was it transponder or something yeah. i can't remember why they turn it on and they were like you have the you have the chancellor on board it, oh my gosh you know <laughs> i just go, thought that was uh, <laughs> yeah i thought that was really uh i thought it was really funny a little bit out of nowhere really uh in the yeah in the show and given how dark the episodes were. But it really felt like a throwback to season one in particular. Mm-hmm. Just the sometimes where sort of nowhere you'd have these really long, light-hearted scenes. Uh, I'm thinking particularly of like yeah. Breaking the Ice, where they're answering questions from the school children and the whole uh, yeah. poop question, things like that. <laughs> so, um, so I guess those are my three. I mean, if I was going to throw a fourth one in, well, there's loads. But the fourth one I would throw in would probably be the final scene with uh, Soong and Archer. Yeah. I felt like there was um, a sense of not respect. Certainly, well, certainly not forgiveness from Archer to Soong, but I think there was a little bit of Archer realizing that Soong wasn't actually like a bad guy. Yeah. In truth, he was just very Victor misguided. Yeah, and, I, and, I just, and just clearly wanted to believe in something that didn't exist, which was a an augment that um, wasn't at least on some level 
um, driven by like a bloodlust and a, yeah. uh, a need to be in charge. I mean, the Augments are very much just like the Terrans, aren't they? From the mm-hmm. Mirror Universe, they operate in the exact same manner. So, um, but yeah, I got another scene as well. But I'll, I think that's on our running order for chat points. So I'll, I'll come yeah. to that when uh, when it comes. How about you though? What, do you have any sort of uh, um, three favorite moments? Yeah, as far as moments like like I mentioned before, uh, Soong commenting, you know, that Archer was pretty confident for a dead guy uh, there towards the beginning. Say so that the the moment the moment between uh, Trip and T'Pol, you know, kind of kind of catching up and being like, hey, you know, just really really starting, you know, planting the seeds for what would come later on in the season as well with with their whole plot line. And actually, on on this this particular watch through, something I hadn't noticed. But when when Malik is trying to convince Persis uh, to to join the mutiny, I could hear the uh, some of the music they used from Space Seed in 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 that scene. Oh wow! When when Khan wow. was was ta- trying to get uh, Marla the Givers to j- join his his mutiny. Oh, whoever did the music for this episode, then take a bow. Cause that is uh, quite a quite a throwback. Yeah. I can say I, I don't really have a an honorable mention at this point, but we'll go ahead and see which which one tops your list, and then we'll go from there. No, I think it would be the scene with uh, Soong and Archer in the brig. I think that was uh, just a really good scene, mm-hmm. uh, as you mentioned in the, the episode description. You know, Archer saying, making that quote that someone wrote in the twentieth century about the augments uh, and how um, he was also killed <laughs> by yeah. by an augment. You know, and I think that. Um, I thought that scene was just a really good scene, and it it, it kind of showed that Soong had realised just how nasty Malik was and how yeah. uh, out of control this situation had become for him. Uh, but I think it also kind of showed that Soong was not blind to it yeah. throughout either, but he was turning the blind eye, so to speak, mm-hmm. to it, because uh, it, it suited his interests to get the those embryos yeah. off cold station 12 so i thought this i thought this scene really sort of drew attention to that that uh, mm-hmm. soon he wasn't innocent himself in the whole thing yeah i can say yeah for for me you know like, like i've already said you know the the part where where soon's commenting that archer's not dead but you know being pretty confident for a dead guy <laughs> that just kind of cracks me up just about every every time i i hear uh, Brent Spider deliver that line. So, <laughs> so uh, on to on to Malik on this one. Was it, was his aggression uh, too predictable? Just in general, or towards soon, or yeah, just, just you know, throughout with with the in, the in this entire episode. Well, I think the problem with that started in Cold Station Twelve, actually, mm-hmm. because uh, he was not making any effort to sort of hide that bloodlust. Yeah. And I think I just carried over into this one, really, uh, when maybe he should have played his cards a bit closer to his chest in Cold Station 12, and then this could have been the big one where he's shown his true colours around Soong, and you could have Soong be horrified. But the truth is, he was showing Soong this side of him from the moment he reunited. Yeah, so uh, do I... I think he was too aggressive, or at least it was predictable. Um, yeah, maybe I guess. 
But I, like I said, I think that was more so from the previous episode than this. So I just think they carried on. But that said, I think they should have shown a bit more aggression from the other ones. Yeah. As well, because, you know, we meant to buy into this idea that the augments are always going to be, always going to eventually want to be better than everyone else because they believe they are. And yeah. uh, so I think, although we had that moment in Call Station 12 where there was like that silent moment where all the augments seemed to be almost... You know, just just loved seeing uh, the, the doctor die uh, in the chamber. Yeah. I think that uh, um, we didn't see enough that told us that actually, when push comes to shove, these these other ones are going to be exactly the same as Malik. So I think he did stand out a bit more. But I I think they were trying to make him into a, a Khan predecessor. You know, I th- I think they were trying to say, yeah. if we give this guy a few more years, he's going to be. He's going to be Khan. Yeah. For you, did you did you think then that uh, it was too predictable? He was just going to become uh, a bad guy. Um, I gotta say, you could kind of actually, you could, I, you could probably make the argument that you could see see this coming all the way in uh, Borderland. You know, with with how he was, you know, dealing with with Rakeen and and so on. Like I say, but then again, you know, we're we're kind of taught to buy in that the augments are always going to be this way and nothing's going to change that you know aside from before they are incubated changing changing the dna so yeah, seemingly though sorry i was going to say yeah just on that point that seemingly they can change that because that's that was the final straw yeah for malik with soon was that soon was removing those particular parts of their genome of the the embryos mm-hmm. so uh you would think that if that was removed, then it would be safe to have these uh, super-powered humans. But I guess Archer's point he was always trying to make was that these beings will always want to uh, ascend to the top yeah. in a in a dominant manner because that's what happens when you make people... Um, I can't remember the exact quote now off the top of my head, but you know, the if you make them elite, they're going to want to live that way and such. Yeah. And So maybe... Maybe removing those qualities wouldn't have actually stopped anything anyway, because you can't. I don't think you can prevent uh, a human from developing aggression and and such. Babies don't start aggressive. No. You know what I mean? They they don't. Babies don't start racist. They're yeah. not born racist. You're not you're not born a murderer. You're not you know you're not born a sexist. Any of these things, these are things that the world teaches you, uh, the world you inhabit. So even if Soong had removed those parts of uh, of the the genetic makeup of those embryos, I I think those things would have still developed over time, and then you've got the exact same problem again uh, with yeah. with um, them trying to take over the bloody universe. But now, now if we got uh, you know maybe flocks involved with this do you think he would have been able to to correct e- correct it even more and, and take it away you know like still still have you know a bit of the competitiveness but not well, we'll say more competitiveness and less aggression i just don't think you could ever maintain it i just i just okay. think that um you know i, I just think it's in human nature uh, and if maybe those things are gone then maybe they they're not really human i mean if you start Erasing those parts of of the 
of the augments. I mean, what, what's actually left when you think about it? Uh, superior strength. Okay, well, what are they going to do with that? Because, you know, quite often, you know, strength and testosterone are linked and things. And, uh, you know, you can link testosterone, I guess, with aggression so, uh, in a lot of cases as well. I mean, I'm, not, I'm no medical student, so please don't quote me on that. But uh, so what happens with all that if you've removed the ability of these augments to become aggressive? And who's to say that a person's aggression is completely linked to physical violence because right. aggression can be a personality trait of, I don't know, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Could be aggressive in the way that they want to pursue business opportunities. You know, I don't think you can just delete aggression and, uh, and, and say, Oh, that's it. Now he's never going to be aggressive. But what are they going to do? They're going to float through life. You, I don't think even flocks, whatever they would have done, I think that the world that they lived in, the experiences they would eventually have, I think they would have developed, they would have developed aggression and, and things so anyway, as as a means of survival, if if anything else. Now, uh, do you think upon hearing the news that, that he had killed uh, Archer, do you think Soong should have thrown Malak in the Targ pit immediately instead of only using it as a threat for the next time. I think this was real naivety from Dr. Soong because all the signs were there mm -hmm. that Malik was a problem and uh, Dr. Soong had tried to control him on Cold Station 12 to no avail. Then he finds out that Malik has allegedly just killed everyone on there, including the most important commanding officer in Starfleet. And he's still... Yeah pretty cool about it he's like you know i'm gonna forgive you for all this stuff but if you do it again it just seemed very short-sighted in the sense of uh you know he's a smart man dr soon he should have been able to see this sooner but then he was also oblivious to the fact that there was no way to have these peaceful augments so maybe actually it was in keeping completely with his character to uh, not see Malik as a threat that Malik had wasn't becoming. You know, Malik already was that threat. You know, Malik had ascended to the alpha male role mm -hmm. for within the same episode. The the dad returns. You know, yeah. the uh, the real I guess alpha male or certainly behaves as the alpha male of the group. So um, I I think yeah, Soong did make a great mistake there, and uh, I. If he'd maybe taken Malik out of action there and then, I don't know how he would have stopped him anyway. How would he even got him into the target pit? I, th I think Malik was was entertaining yeah. um, Eric soon, as long as he was in that ship, you know? I, I think he was... He always knew he was going to take control sooner or later. I mean, did, what, do you agree with that? Do you think he should have... That soon should have tried to eliminate the Malik threat earlier on? I, I think so, but, but then again, I, I don't know how how we would have wound up finishing up, up the episode and, and, and the arc itself. I mean, cause it seems like that would have turned it into more of a four, a four parter instead of a three parter. So I think also you've got the issue where a parent quite often doesn't want to believe uh, yeah. the bad stuff about their child. And Dr. Soong saw Malik as his child. Well, he saw all of them as his children, but I don't think, even when the warning signs were right there, you know, 
the red alert klaxon, it's going yeah. off. <laughs> you know, you, this uh, this ain't going to end well. And I still think he wants to think the best of his children because I, I, that is a it's in a parent's nature. You know, I'm, I'm a parent. You know, and I think that I'm pretty aware of these things personally. So I'm super switched on uh, with my own children yeah. uh, to when I think they could do anything wrong. But I think I've still been caught out. You know, like my my son went from always had glowing stuff coming back to the, when he went back to school after uh, lockdown the first time, you know, we were getting pulled aside by his new teacher about one or two things. And that, and that really threw me off. And but yeah. after that, I, but there was never a denial, you know, it was, it was, ne- I, I never felt I need to deny it. Cause right. I, I, and I dealt with it with him straight away, but I think a lot of parents it's in their nature to want to believe the, the, the absolute best. best. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, what what do you think about him? You know, giving in a giving another sort of big lie and saying that he'd killed Archer, and then you know, wound up that not being true, and then you know, kind of leading to a murderous rampage there towards the end. Well, I think he believed it. I think <laughs> I don't think he thought there was any way that Archer was going to get out of that that pickle. Um, so I guess arrogance, which sums the arguments up, yeah, really doesn't it? But um, you know, you should never assume that you've killed someone until you've seen them dead. And, <laughs> you know, it's that old. You, know, you you have buried the body. Yeah, that, <laughs> I was about to say that. Yeah, you know, how often do you see on TV shows where someone, a henchman, thinks they've killed the hero, and he, their boss is like, "Well, you know, where's the body? Because if you ain't got a body, then you don't know they're dead. Yeah, <laughs> it don't matter what situation you put them in. So uh, I think Malik was very naive. I think Malik was up his own his own ass and I every time Malik did something like that uh, he still always seemed to be wanting uh, Eric Soong to be impressed yeah you know there's always this little bit of him he's like oh yeah I've killed this person I've killed that and he but he knows that Soong isn't proud of that maybe that's why he was wanting to go after Khan because he knew Khan would would be the father figure that he could look up to oh he would have he would have still made a play. Do you do you think Malik would have would have served under Khan for for a bit until you know Khan became a bit you know old and gray and turned the tables? <laughs> yeah, we never would have got Rafa Khan. He wouldn't he wouldn't have allowed Khan to still be uh, in control at that point in his life. I think. Speaking of, did you notice when like right before Malik transports himself over, he's moving a lot over over the console. Like Ricardo, Ricardo Montalban did in at the end of Star Trek Two. Yeah, picked up on that um, straight away. It, was, it uh, I can't work out if it was an homage or if it was a bit on the nose, but yeah, it seemed like they were trying yeah. to recreate that moment, uh, which is nothing wrong with things no. like that. But you know, the, for, for Trekkies though, Khan is a um, a legendary He's character. Iconic. Yeah, and uh, even in history of sci-fi, now don't get me wrong, there's young Trek fans coming into Trek now or have been for the last maybe five or ten years uh, since the Kelvin film started who may not have ever even gone back to TOS and the the TOS film, so they won't really know about Khan. But everyone who was watching Enterprise in 2004, 2005, I would say 95% of the audience knew (laughs) Khan. So I wonder if... Malik 
having that moment was a bit undeserved because he was being portrayed as a Khan, wasn't he? Yeah. Throughout, really. It was almost like watching the ascension of Khan and how Khan's rise could have gone, you know? But yeah. I think that Malik himself maybe wasn't completely deserving of those so I think, I, connections. I think, I think his am. I think his ambition outran his intellect. Yes, definitely. Yeah, he was not capable. And Khan uh, was, was more was. had that you know fire or that that you know perfect balance of of intellect and ambition to where he could he could use it to get his get his own goals met. Yes, he was. I, th- I think Khan was better example of a of an augment in that sense mm-hmm. because uh, he. Yeah, he had the superior intellect. He had the superior um, you know, physicality. All these things were superior. So he was a step ahead all the time and uh, and, and playing the game. Whereas Malik didn't have, in my mind, did not have any superior intellect. Uh, everything yeah. he did was through physical um, abilities more than anything. I didn't think Malik was especially smart. I didn't think any of them were, actually. Which maybe, I, I think... maybe Rakim. But we didn't yeah, really but, see a whole lot with him. No, and uh, even he fell short. But obviously, he was in charge much longer than Malik ever was. So maybe, yeah, yeah maybe he was a bit more switched on. But um, yeah, I, I did like the see. I did like that moment though. That obvious homage to to Ratha Khan. But uh, yeah, I think that Khan would have wiped the floor with Malik. So on on to our our last little bit before wrapping up here. Uh, what did you think of you know including the the little catch up scene between Trip and Paul and could you see the foreshadowing? Yeah, this was my fifth scene that I was talking about that I, I quite liked. It came out of nowhere really because Trip had a very minor role throughout this whole um, mm-hmm. trilogy, and to Paul's role was actually quite minor um, yeah. beyond the prominent sort of part she played in the sort of famous scenes of Borderland. I don't think she was particularly important to the whole thing but uh, yeah i enjoyed it it was a reminder of what was going on and i think it's a, rem- a reminder for people watching for like the first time that oh this is still going on i had the pleasure about a year ago of watching this episode with katie for the first time mm-hmm. and um all of them she hadn't seen any of them so she was fully in on it she's like oh it's not over yet even though paul's married you know so it was kind of Nice to get that sort of reminder. And this is what the season was like, where yeah. character arcs were carrying on. And in fact, in some of the episodes that you think weren't that important, actually had some really major stuff go down character-wise, particularly between, you know, Trip and Paul. Uh, like in at the end of the season in the um, the episode with the Orion yeah. uh, girls, you know. So I think that... Um, uh, I, thought, I thought it was nice. And it was... Uh, yeah, it was an indication of what was to come. You are right, because even though obviously things go hot and cold with them, it, it's always had a sense of tragedy to it in season yeah. four, and I think that was even there in in this scene. Yeah, and for you, you know me, I'm a big, big trip into full fan. So the this was a, always this was always a good one because we weren't exactly sure based on you know how how it started at the beginning of the arc where there would be kind of icy toward each other where here they're kind of warming back up and trying to figure out where everybody's at so well i know they're working closely with each other there's the um what the second and third highest ranked officer 
yeah. uh, in the command chain. So you know they need to be professional about it. Um, but no, I thought I thought uh, Conor Trinier was was very good in those. Mm-hmm. Can I just um, just throw back actually to one thing I wanted to mention with Malik, and I've always hated this bit, but when he appears on the Enterprise mm-hmm. after you think it's all done, you know, and, and he just suddenly reappears for this little fight scene. Does that drive you crazy? Does it feel tacked on? Because to me, it feels tacked a on. A little bit. <laughs> like, it it isn't even just a little bit for me. It's a lot. Like, I get that people could beam onto the Enterprise because they didn't have shields at that point. So I, I, yeah. I appreciate that people can get over there. But I just thought it felt remarkably unnecessary. Uh, but again, I did. But I loved the death. Yeah. The whole blasted through him and being able to see through it. That, I thought that was a really really good death and that was their way of saying right we're we're leaving no doubt this time yeah (laughs) you know you're gonna know he's dead but i I don't even know if we needed it Um, or at least if they hadn't have made it or at least tried to make it out to the audience that he was dead from the ship exploding i think maybe uh maybe it wouldn't have felt so tacked on but yeah it felt unnecessary um and maybe they weren't oh, wanting yes. to do an exact copy where, you know, the augments get blown up in the ship and they're done. Mm, that's true, yeah. So, uh, final thoughts on, on the episode and the arc as a whole. And I thought the episode was, it was a good episode. It's a good arc. I, I do think yeah. if you were going to try and... You said earlier you didn't think you could rank them. Um, and I do hate doing rankings, but I think the truth is that if I were to rank, this episode would be at the bottom of the three not to say it's not a good episode but i just i think i enjoyed the build-up and progression of the story in parts one and two more than i did the uh, how they wrapped it up the conclusion of the story i think that not that the conclusion was bad or anything like that i just think sometimes it's like uh, it's all about the chase isn't it you know you talk about yeah. relationships and things the the excitement's in the chase it, not so much in the um uh, once you once you've won them, or if you're chasing a title in uh, in professional wrestling that we spoke about with Big Show two weeks <laughs> ago, you know, so uh, you enjoy watching someone chase the title. Once they got the title, it's a bit boring. So um, yeah, yeah it's a bit like that. But um, I thought the arc, though, as a whole, was a really exciting story arc for Enterprise's return to to business as usual. You know, yeah. uh, coming out of the Zindi storyline, this was the first first normal episodes then uh, after uh, well, since season two so i was uh a big fan of how it returned to the klingons and uh, it you know bringing the orions into it who were going to have a more prominent role throughout the season and probably would have mm-hmm. played a bigger part for the next three years if we'd got seven seasons yeah and uh the links to soon i thought were really good um i feel sorry for his family, you know, he says at the end that it might take a couple of generations yeah. to be able to make, uh, you know, uh, artificial intelligence like data. But so I was feeling sorry for like his kids because I'm thinking, man, they they're going to be forced to have to <laughs> to work on this for their lives to pass it on to their kids. So uh, so there's a couple of lost generations, I guess, in there yeah. of soon kids, and uh, we've only got one soon left now as well, as we've seen in Picard, um, and they all strong genes. They all look yeah. exactly the same. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed the arc though. I thought it was quite fun to tap into the uh, the whole thing with the eugenics wars and uh, things like that. I mean, the mention of the Botany Bay 
sometimes it feels unnecessary, but other times it feels completely necessary to have yeah. it be mentioned. And it's it works as a uh, for us as a someone who's watching Enterprise as a prequel, then uh, we like the reference. And if you watch them in order, I guess uh, when you eventually get to TOS and you get to Space Siege, you're like, oh wait a minute, this name sounds Didn't familiar. They mentioned that. Yeah, so. I sometimes wonder if maybe the episode should have ended with seeing the Botany Bay. Yeah. Floating in space. Just floating somewhere, yeah. Yeah, just like a, you know, five or ten second shot of just the ship quietly moving uh, through space. Uh, Because it was was just moving through space, wasn't it, when they they come across it in space. Yeah, that would have been a nice... Would it be too, too obvious, though? Or would it have been a bit like, ooh, set up, it's not over yet, there's still... There's still organs out there. I think I think if you you came into to Enterprise kind of like we did, you know, kind of knowing more more of the backstory, it would have been like, oh, I see what see where they're going with that. So that that probably this would probably be a good question for for Katie to answer. Yeah, we'll have to I'll have to ask her because we're going to come up on that episode soon. Actually, I think in our watch so of TOS. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll have to ask her that. I wonder maybe if someone hadn't seen TOS and then they saw that as an end scene, maybe they'd be waiting for a continuation of it in Enterprise. Yeah. So maybe that's why they wouldn't want to do it. But um, as a as Trek fans, yeah, I would have loved to have just seen the ship just move in on the name and then fade to black because we heard the name in yeah. the episode. So to see the name at the end, I just, I just think it's that, uh, you know, like in the horror movie, You'll often end with something which suggests that the, There's gonna be more. the guy isn't dead yet. <laughs> yeah, so I just think that would have been that would have been a really cool way to wrap up the arc. I think. I mean, what did you think of the arc as a whole? You're a TOS fan, so you, you, presumably you love everything about it. I, I really did enjoy it. Um, at, at times, it, it got a little or too too yeah too close to home, just with kind of showing showing how we can be. You know, there again, you know, like we were saying, you know, how the Terrans are kind of holding up that mirror to, to how we we are that we can we can go this far. But other than that, you know, I I really really enjoyed this one, especially Brent Spiner throughout it. So, was this your first uh, encounter with Asung um, when you watched it? I'm trying to remember the order you viewed in. Yeah, um, I don't remember seeing seeing anything with with data's father but this was this would have been my my first time because yeah because i hadn't seen hadn't seen anything with lore up until this point because all i had really seen was movie data right okay yeah cool yeah i mean um and did it make you think then that uh maybe the other tracks had done something with the augments too because obviously you hadn't seen any of the other ones Um, after you saw TOS than this. Uh, think, you saw the connection. You thought, "Oh wait, is there more of this?" Yeah, I think. I think track? actually, what I what I did was I kind of looked up to see if see if there was, and then I was like, "Ah, oh, okay, oh well." When when there wasn't really any more any more connections, so. Hmm. Hmm. I'm hoping Lower Decks does something. Yeah. Because uh, I do feel that there's got to be more of them out there mm-hmm. somewhere, you know. So I would love to. All people try and do the same. So. I, It'd be cool to see it on, like, you know, Discovery or something. But I think because um, uh, you know, someone must have tried to repeat it eventually. Yeah. So maybe maybe they, they maybe they 
exist again in Discovery's time, but I think Lower Decks would be a funny place to try and uh, try and do a, another Augment storyline. Definitely. So, uh, before we wrap up for the for the week here, uh, we got some comments from Patreon, don't we? Uh, we do indeed. Uh, is that your cue to try and get me to read them? Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we did a poll on um, on our Patreon for uh, our Patreon uh, subscribers, supporters, to uh, tell us which was their favourite episode of the three. And um, it turned out quite well for us, actually, because um, we got some comments from them too. So we're going to read those out because I think they give some interesting thoughts. Um, I think, I mean, unless it's changed, though, from when I uh, looked at it last, the the poll was uh, was not conclusive <laughs> uh, when I looked at it because uh, we not everyone had voted in it. Oh, no, we have got it. Here we go. Yes, yeah, so I've got the results in front of me. So uh, when I looked at it last time, it was actually a tie between all three. Um, but uh, Cold Station 12 has taken the lead. Uh, so we can confirm that our pa- uh, Patreon supporters believe episode two of it, part two, uh, Cold Station 12 was the best episode. And uh, so Greg uh, Malumbi says Cold Station 12, we finally got to meet Dr. Lucas and we got that amazing line about Soong's mother being a chemist. I can't remember what, is his mum called a, a bitch or something? Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah, you son of a bitch. And he's like, actually, mother was a chemist. <laughs> um, Ian Davis uh, like this one part 3 the augments uh, says I love the beginning the archer getting blown out into space they're all good and it's impossible to watch them individually it's all three or nothing uh, agree with that I think we said that last week as well yeah and the week before <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, Stuart McIlwain says probably Borderland the relaunch of the ship after her repairs uh, the opening scene, not knowing how or why humans were able to manhandle a ship of Klingons, and then we find out the feeling of danger and uncertainty when in Orion space. It all had such an expansive feel to it. it and Stuart's right on that. It did. It felt like the world building was in full flow. It was like, okay, his indie stuff's done now. Now we're going to start getting down to business. This is what's going on closer to home. So, um, yeah, those are some of my comments from my patrons. Thank you very much to uh, everyone who left comments and to everyone who ended up voting as well. So yeah. um, really appreciate that. And I agree with everything that was said. Uh, and I am with uh, I'm with Greg, though, that the middle part was my personal favorite. Yeah, cause I, really, for me, I can't I can't choose a favorite. So I'm just going to say I love the whole arc. <laughs> <laughs> you always take the safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> Never, you never got all in. You never put all your chips in and say, "That's it, I'm going." I'm putting <laughs> oh, on, certain, on, certain uh... things I will. We just haven't gotten to them yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I look forward to that then. So, coming, yeah, we got a couple things coming up here in in the in the next couple weeks. Uh, we got Daedalus's children next week doing our our uh, we're going back to our book clubs. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, Go, then uh, we'll go to season two's uh, Future Tense. Then the week after, we're actually going to be reviewing a uh, fan film set in the, in the Enterprise era, uh, Pacific 201. Uh, we'll go ahead and get the, the link tweeted out so that way you guys can, can watch it and, and join along with us. 
Yeah, it's a free-to-watch uh, fan film. Uh, it's on YouTube. It comes in two parts. I think about 15 minutes each. So we're going to cover both parts uh, in the one episode. And it takes place, I think, about 40 or 50 years after Enterprise. Um, so it's still within that uh, that sort of region of time, uh, that timeline. Yeah. So uh, they've got uniforms that are you know, clearly an homage to the... Uh, the Enterprise ones and such. So, yeah, we're going to be uh, covering that on the show. Yeah, and then uh, after that, we are going to kick off our, what, say 26-week week adventure yes. of... Uh, season three. <laughs> of season <laughs> three. Starting, starting with this, The Expanse, not only are we going to uh, review the episode of our namesake, but we're also going to review the book. Kind of compare and contrast the differences. Yeah, lots of books over the <laughs> these coming weeks. <laughs> I've got a lot of reading to do, but we don't have a lot of viewing to do, so I think we'll be okay. True, that's true. All right, well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, anything else to le- take us out with, Kyle? Um. Oh yeah, I've taught my daughter, who's two years old, to do live long and prosper, and she can do the. The gesture, uh, but I'm going to say what she used to say to see us out, which is live long and pastor. <laughs> the Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast, is produced and hosted by myself, Chris Hill, and Kyle West, and is a part of the Hollow Sweet Media Podcast Network. To keep up to date with all the news and updates from The Expanse, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NX01Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at the Chris Hill and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Thomas West. To join the Holla Suite Media Community Discussion Group, simply type the Nexus into the Facebook search bar and we'll see you there. Thanks for listening and until next time, keep your shirts on. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I think we all thought Ransom was going to go into that fight scene, thinking that it was game over before it even started and he was going to lose. But I think the moment he rips his uniform off, (laughs) which is hard anyway to rip a shirt, but to rip an actual like jacket like that, Mm. pretty impressive. And then he had like... About, I don't know, I think it's like 62 abs. He just looked ripped. And then he was just like, you know, a little bit of this. Yeah. A little bit of that. I was just going to say, it was the way that he also narrated it. It was just perfect. It was great. Ransom definitely went to the school of Kirk Fu. Ransom Fu, maybe we should be calling it. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. And it wouldn't surprise me in the sex cabin if the table's wonky, because the amount of times that oh, Aaron Tom's probably jumped on there, it's yeah, gotta be probably sticky. damaged it. Oh! <laughs> you know that table's sticky. Oh! Suzanne! It's in the sex cabin! It's it's a table not just for pool balls. <laughs> it's a table not just for pool balls. No. <laughs> yeah, the the thing the scary thing is is you don't know for sure what that sticky is. Because mm. nobody's gonna test it. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. 
Computer, deactivate Holosuite.